Hi there, and welcome to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode number eight. I'm here today with Luke, Graham, Cody, and myself, Kish, and I'm quite looking forward to this weekly recap. So, I don't know, does anybody want to start us off? Um, no, Richie, I think you start. <laughs> All right, I'll 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 start it off then. Well... I actually did a thing over the weekend, and I went ahead and got myself a Dana 50 and a Sterling 10 and a half. I picked nice. them up for 150, so I guess I'm actually starting my big boy venture. Well, don't you know the internet says that that front axle is going to explode? You're absolutely wasting your time, and you're a worthless human being for putting it in? Well, if I remember right. The 50 and the 60 share similar outers. Just they do. The difference. I'm just giving you different. shit because I ran one. Listen, I'm just proud that I remembered <laughs> that one piece of information. Okay. <laughs> it's like the one thing I remember. Oh, but that is yeah, very exciting. Probably 20% of Dana 60 owners actually own a Dana 50. I uh, wouldn't be surprised. Other. Yeah. The, the kid I picked up the 50 from was originally under the impression that it was a Dana 60 that was actually going to go to you, Graham. But uh, me and Luke ended up doing a little bit of digging around, and it was a 50. Yep. Honestly, just... the, the 50 is going to do everything you need it to. I mean, unless you're starting to do, like, 40 stickies and jump in the thing like it's a it's a matchbox car i don't think you really have to worry about snapping that axle until you've done a great job keeping that 30 alive i doubt you're gonna see the demise of that 50 seriously yeah. i thank you thank you especially That's exactly my mindset still a waste of time but it's okay we, we still <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said it i think i've said it before on the podcast and i'll say it again the only parts on the 50 that i've blown up are the dana 60 parts yeah, this is true. Really hard enough. You're still on 37s. Fair. But, <laughs> but I'm just still kidding. blew up the outers before I blew up the inners. Correct. Correct. My fuse Absolutely. is still the outers. The way I see it, the way I see it, it was a, a set of one-ton axles for 150 bucks. Seven-eighths-ton yeah, axles. Sorry. Seven-eighths-ton. Seven <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, you're still doing better than our current stock axles. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest thing... Yeah, I thing, figured uh, slow... I'm, I'm sorry, Luke, go ahead. In my opinion, the biggest thing that makes the 50 such a tenable axle is it corrects the issues of the high pinion 44 because you still have a larger gear set than a high pinion 44. Your inner axle shaft spline count is the same, but the U-joint is a Dana 60-sized U-joint. So from what we've experienced, I think, between Graham and myself, is you pop the hub far, far quicker than you pop the stub shaft. Graham, I don't know yeah, if that's been your experience. I'm okay but... with that. It has been. I had one freak incident where it blew the stub shaft. The hub popped, but didn't fully pop, and it locked up, and I was being dumb, and it was slick out. And the stub shaft went later. I still drove the whole day. It still acted like it was locked. But when I went to unlock the hub, it didn't want to unlock. And then when I took it apart, it was like metal dust in there. So, um, metal dust is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it drove home okay. Pulled all the guts out and the unit bearing didn't fall apart. I don't know how structural that is. 
on the inside. I know they explode and it compresses all that stuff, but I guess if there's no shaft, as long as it doesn't get to the main bearing, you're okay. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, that's still wickedly exciting. Uh, playing with it though. What's your kind of your time frame on that? Uh, I'm hoping a slow, like six month ish part acquisition, and then uh, you know, just I'll get the axles down to the shop, hopefully during the summer, strip them, start like tacking brackets and shit in place, and then hopefully. You know, next winter, the uh, axles will be underneath the Jeep. So are you going to gear them before you put them under? Yes. Yeah. And control arms? I'll be going long arms at nice. the same time. Radius or three link? Uh, I'd like to go uh, three link. Sweet. Yeah, so we were talking about this between Graham, myself, and you, Um uh, with the cross member, are you going to be buying like the SFR off-road kit, or do you think that you're going to end up going with building your own? Well, I definitely have to do some shopping around to see what's actually out in the market because I haven't really looked at all. Honestly, but making my I... own is also a valid option. If I could redo it again, I'd go Stinky Fab. Genuinely, yeah, Clayton, I... Clayton's setup is sick. But it hangs down so far compared to like other options. Granted, it came like it's it's a beautiful piece. It does exactly what I need it to. Uh, the only weird thing is the upper mount is very weird. So your upper control arm mount, the bolts are like the actual nut side is right up against the unibody. So I don't know exactly how that is handled. Cody, but... part of that was we put your mount on the passenger side. If we use the factory bracket and put it on the driver's side, it wouldn't have been. Or I'm not talking the... about for the, I'm talking about for the stinky fab kit. The Clayton, oh, the Clayton oh one, I'm sorry. The, yeah. The Clayton one is totally fine. I mean that, I mean, it, it, there's plenty of room to get in there to get to that nut. But if you actually look at the stinky fab setup, the, the actual bolt holes, like, cause there's three slots for different adjustments. It's, in the unibody it's a very odd thing i don't know exactly it's not how in the unibody it sits right up against it that's why it's got the flag knot yeah oh well that's pretty that's pretty cool i guess i'll have to look more into that but it's a pretty cool option they uh it it, it definitely sucks everything up a bit more i mean granted me well luke definitely uh came up with the right idea with the control arm size because any rock that i hit hits the control arms and then slides past it but I'm sure if there's mm -hmm. ever a time that I get caught up in like a nasty rock garden, like like Graham did the other day or the other month when we were at uh, Brookridge, I'm sure in a situation like that, I'm not gonna enjoy the massive cross member. But definitely some lots and lots of options now with the amazing companies that are out there. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I have to do some serious shopping around because I've never actually seriously looked to see what's out there. Uh, you know, I do have the ability to make my own if that's the route I cho choose. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'll 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 also be doing a uh, what the fuck do you call it? Tra traction traction bar? bar. Yeah, a traction bar at the same time. You know, right out of the get go, so I don't have a lot of the problems that Luke had when he first went tons. Yeah, that was definitely an issue for me, and that's part of what killed my leaf springs, was I ran them for a couple of runs without a traction bar, and even with the uh, pad of sucks, 
I was still finding enough traction to wrap the axle up and like you could feel the U-joint starting to bind because you'd start getting like that thunk near the floorboard. Mm -hmm. Um, It was very annoying. Although one thing that I did just think of that I figure I should bring up is, I don't know if you've seen them, but Barnes Off-Road Fabrication is now offering Enduro joints, they call them with a 10 degree bend in the shank so if you get a right and a left hand one you could theoretically flip them over to the location required and by doing that you could get an extra up to 20 degrees worth of um ability to move your links inboard hmm. so that might make using the clayton cross member viable and that could simplify your build a lot. I do like the Clayton Crossmember because, like he said, everything rolls off of it. But it does hang a little lower than some of the other options. It's one of those... That, that is definitely one thing that I'm not a fan of. It's like just... You, you have that thick-ass block of your Crossmember just hanging down from, with the Clayton shit. Yeah. I'm just... I, I don't know. It, it might be something to do with the fact that I've been just annihilating my factory cross member so it's just paper thin yeah one thing that i do want to bring up is even with my stuff tucked up when um i think it was graham was wheeling it at badlands the jeep ended up sucking a rock in and rolling the rock fully underneath all the way back to the traction bar underneath the traction bar and out the rear axle under the rear tire so yeah i remember that these things happen and you know sometimes they're hard to get around yeah but i don't i'll just see how it plays out i can't argue with that logic sorry i uh, i was a little distracted there for the traction bar i'd say for the most part the traction bar on my jeep and i assume in most jeeps that have a decently set up traction bar is a you know, it, it protects your drive shaft most of the time. Things slide across it. It oh, doesn't inhibit most. I don't disagree about that. Um, when did I get hung up? I'm you didn't get hung up. I'm not saying you got hung up. I'm saying the rock got hung up underneath my Jeep as you were coming down the oh. trail. So it as you were pulling my Jeep over the top of this rock, it was just rolling underneath the Jeep. So it rolled all the way from the Dana 60 Pumpkin out underneath the rear tire and it hit like everything under everything. there gotcha that i'm not saying that it got hung up or caused any problems i mean the traction bar saved my drive shaft from getting walloped uh mm -hmm. okay yeah never. so i was just totally out of it there yeah yes, no you were out of it but things happen yep but does anybody else have anything for a weekly recap? Do anything over last week? I know that Cody was doing some fun stuff because I was involved in it. With what? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> something, something, Dana 30 oh. problems. Oh, well, I was going to wait until I actually get them. But yeah, I'm definitely in the uh, the market to buy shafts. Um, they looking for chromoly shafts pretty much because i'm at that point now where like i mean the jeep was 500 bucks so anything repair wise that's under 300 dollars just feels menial and kind of just like a waste of time especially in the winter time and not to mention like wheeling hard as shit, having a great day 
and then driving down the road 15 minutes later and throwing a cap is so fucking annoying. Like, I want I want my shit to explode, be catastrophic, on video, flipped over sideways. Like, I'm talking it's easier to pull it off trail upside down than it is to get it on its wheels. Like, So like, part I, of you know, your problem is you don't have full circle clips. If you go uh, chromoly... Uh, uh. Or attack caps, I should say, or attack caps, because I know <laughs> that's coming. Attacking the caps <laughs> not, is a far superior option. Uh, but not necessarily in that sense, where it's just like, I'm tired of getting shit shafts that have been in a Cherokee since the day it was fucking made, you know? These shafts yeah. that I've been getting are $50 shafts from people, whether it be Luke, Richie, or on Facebook. I don't know how long, how many miles are on those. Granted, yeah, I could redo a U-joint, but that's still not going to save the egged out um, ear on the shaft. Yeah, so I can't even argue if I tacked that. it, I'm still losing rigidity and friction. I mean, what the fuck's, pardon me, what, what's keeping it in there other than a little clip that's no bigger than your fingernail? Like, I, it just, it's time for me to start upgrading something that's becoming, not a problem, but like, it's more of a nuisance, I guess. It's it's a not really cheap fix, but I mean, it's like, it's 500 odd dollars and a warranty, which is awesome. But it's just something that for me, ease of access, being able to go out wheeling, and if I explode something... It's going to be fucking cool, and it's going to be on video. I want my gear set to come flying out. I can look at Graham and be like, look what you got to do. <laughs> you know? I want to see my solid diff cover get bent out over my steering because this thing grenaded out the front. Like, I want some cool shit to happen. But not yeah. even that. I mean, that sounds kind of cocky. Your gear cocky, set was but... good. That's probably one of the one of the better 30s I've set up. So <laughs> Actually, yeah, the tolerances were amazing. Like, we yeah. can, I mean, give it a little tug and the whole, like, uh, not pumpkin, but the whole carrier comes out where most you gotta put a chain to it and a puller. Well, and I mean, that's fucking... you're supposed to have a chain and a brick, <laughs> or uh, it's extender block. You are supposed <laughs> oh, sorry, to have preload. Block. You do have preload. We did, yeah, put but that it's, it's in an, there. it's an appropriate it's... amount. It's not like it's not a horrendous thing. It doesn't fall out when you take the um retainer caps, I guess you could call it. The, yeah. I don't know what those would be. Um, the technical term for those would be bearing journals. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're welcome. That. Someone has to be the artist. <laughs> and on top of that, this week, the uh, the girlfriend's Jeep is overheating due to a leaking heater core and also a leaking water pump. That is all, it's been giving signs of uh, distress. It's got that ceramic cycling noise that a, like a bad water pump is going and... Uh, I'm tired of hearing the complaints and having to drive an hour to help her and do all that stuff. So we uh, dropped that off today to go get that fixed because a buddy of mine's doing it for like 300 bucks doing all that. So, you know, it's, that's one of those prices where it's like, it's well worth it for me to not have to deal with it. And it's not that much. Um, and so then she had my truck. So I figured it was time to put a new shaft into my my Jeep, so that way I can take the stub shaft out of the wheel bearing and take the rags out of the axle tube to keep it from leaking. And, uh, yeah, that's why I was actually kind of late to the podcast today. I totally forgot that we had it, and I was running around like a madman. I'm still covered in grease and dirt, and pretty sure there's dog shit on my jeans from doing it in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. What about uh, Caitlin's uh, fan? I thought I saw something earlier this week about her fan being shit, too. Well, it's a mechanical fan. I mean, I haven't tested the strength of it. Like, I don't know. It could be going bad, but I mean, it, it runs at pretty full strength. Like, you could put your hand in front of the radiator and even the tranny cooler and the AC condenser, and it, it pulls still. It, it pulls a decent bit. Okay. 
I don't think there's a lack of airflow. I just genuinely think that she's been having air pockets getting caught up in the system and she doesn't know the difference. And it's kind of a pain in the ass for for anybody to have to every single morning put coolant into it when it's cold. And then God only knows once it hits temp, if it's throwing more air into the system because there was air in the block because of lack of coolant. It, it's just one of those things, get it done. Her heat's been kind of shitty, so get it done. No smell of coolant when the heat's on and less for me to have to uh, deal with. <laughs> yep. I feel that. But other than that, I mean, I got plexiglass to uh, redo my rear windows. I've been talking with the glass company about um, because they sell used glass. So it's one of those things where I talk to them about, hey, if you guys take it out, for like, I'll give you the glass. So that way you guys can resell it. So uh, my plan is to cut the plexi out, do rib nuts throughout the window. I guess the, not the window seal, but like the window well, and then riveting it riveting it in and doing silicone just so that way if i'm on trail like there's been way more than a number of times that i could literally tell you right now that i've been going down trail getting close to a tree and knowing that if my jeep rocks more than three inches that window's gone now i have to clean up the trail now i gotta have glass in my jeep <sighs> fuck that i want to just that break is window. literally how i weep yeah, exactly. I, I'm tired. I, of I that. try to get as close as I can to those windows. I wow. try. See, I thought it was just, just you being that's bad. How it always fucking works out. I don't actually try to. That's just how it always fucking happens. I thought that was and just I, you being bad. It probably no. is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I remember at, at one point at my place, I was going up a brand new trail like i had just cut it and i was getting hung up so i backed up a little ways and i just slammed the fuck out of it and i ended up watching in my uh driver's side mirror a tree just bounce off that rear quarter glass it just bounced straight off it i'm like what in the fuck so on a side note to that, two-door glass is surprisingly flexible. That stuff moves quite a bit before it goes ping. But one thing I'm going to say out of this is it sounds to me like, Cody, your off-road adventures have kind of started to affect your personal life because you're doing axle shafts on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's just because I'm lazy. I had the shaft. I had, like, that shaft had a shitty wheel bearing on it, so I knew that I had to redo, like, I knew I had to switch them over. And I just figured, ah, I'll deal with it when I get the chromos, because at that point, I kind of had just guaranteed myself, like, hey, time to save up, time to make it happen. And I got a sizable bonus, so that's kind of why I'm jumping on it now. Um, but yeah, yeah, on a Tuesday, it definitely sucks after we've had to move three, uh, 2,500 pound pallets of salt today by hand because our forks were not where they were supposed to be for the bobcat. So I'm a little, you know, a little zesty. The back's screaming at me a little bit. So bending over, playing with a 35 inch tall tire was not the best time. But yeah, yeah, wheeling, great. Love having to drive your daily or your wheeler for daily things sick. <laughs> mm. uh, not all that bad. So, Graham, yeah. you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, I did a couple odds and ends here and there. The biggest Jeep-related thing I got done was, um, for a buddy of mine, I've been slowly chipping away at his Jeep. He's got a, a true one-ton Jeep, 14-bolt, 60-front, 
old style 60 kingpin um shortened he got him out of a out of a different jeep so i don't know the story on how they were shortened or much on the axles but he's he's had some been having some rough times with uh just with the jeep and with other vehicles and you know to some extent his health i won't go into too much detail beyond that but I've been slowly helping him try to unfuck this thing, and we finally got the uh, his steering and his um, his steering box figured out. The pitman arm was jammed onto the box so far that you couldn't get a pitman arm puller on it. I was at the shop wow. with Jacob trying to figure out how the fuck we were going to get this thing off, and uh, we ended Locked up just cutting it. We, we tried we tried a a bearing puller, which was thin enough to get underneath. And you know, actually put a good amount of pressure on it. Uh, inch drive impact gun on the thing didn't move. We were just pulling the the nuts and washers, just shearing them right off the tool. Uh, oh, tried oxyacetylene on the thing, then pulling nothing. Tried you know putting it under pressure, heating it, and then just beating it with a hammer. Usually works. We got nothing. I had to cut it. Uh, yep. Save the splines. I just cut it right on the edge, and then we took a air chisel to the side of it. And we pounded it till it came off for the most part, and then the tool like was like hand tight to take it off with the tool at that point. So I did that. Took the box apart, put a couple new seals in it, um, brought it over. I had a new pitman arm ready to go because I had a feeling we would have to cut it off. Uh, bolted that all up. And it was, it's a little loose. That whole sector shaft screwed up. He needs a new box. He wants to do hydro. That's down the line. We'll figure that out for him. And then I'll have a box that's not sloppy. Um, we tried to tighten it up. The box itself is in good shape. It's just the sector shaft screwed. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that thing hasn't had full steering for a few months. I mean, it's all resting on, you know, what I have for spare time. I'm not charging him a ton of money to do it, but I'm trying to do it right when I can, when I can work on it. So and, uh, hopefully now that it drives, we can tow it over to Jacob's shop. We can take a look at it and, uh, you know, get it done right. Cause now he's the car he was driving. He ended up uh, selling back. So he's trying to get the Jeep to be his daily, which is totally doable. He used to do it just fine. And then, uh, we actually swapped the body. It was a different body. The axles are now under a new body. The body's in way better shape. It's it's a nicer Jeep in general. It looks way cleaner. But just a, Jeep is it? a lot of stuff needs to be worked out. What kind of Jeep is it? It's a Cherokee. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, the way you made it sound was it was like a Wrangler and you were just taking... Oh, no, I, don't mean, I only work on Cherokees and... <laughs> Shit boxes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Luke? Do anything fun? Uh, um, I did a plow repair this weekend with the help of Cody. That was a lot of fun. We uh, we were welding some three-eighths angle iron to some half-inch plate. Um, basically, what happened was this kid, he's my downstairs neighbor. He's a good dude. But uh, he was plowing, and someone had brazed together the backside of the plow frame where it has the pivot point. It looks like the braze gave out, 
So we ended up cutting that out uh, so there was a clean hole. And at where I work, I made up a bracket with a uh, piece of half-inch cold-rolled steel. Drilled a three-quarter inch hole in it, made sure that it was all nicey-nice, gave them a little bit of tolerance to help it swing, put some washers in there, and then burned that thing in at as high as that 190 will go. The plate was turning purple when it was cooling after it was glowing cherry. Uh, ran into a couple of issues with my Jeep, but, you know, we plugged away at it. We got some stuff done. We'll talk about that later, though. Um... Other than that, it was kind of a quiet week on my end, If unless you want to talk about putting tires on my tow rig. That's something. Definitely something. It yeah, is definitely important. something, but, you know. I brought it in today, and they, so they put it up on the alignment rack, and they, the guy comes out to me, and he goes, yo, you know your truck was towed out a degree and a half, and I'm like, what? I like cranked that tie rod end in an eighth of an inch when I put the tie rod back together because I had a bad end in it. And he goes, yeah, no, the truck was towed out a degree and a half. So I go, okay. He did the alignment, set it at seven and a half degrees of tow end, and the truck goes down the road like it came off of the Ford lot. It's very nice. Exciting. It's definitely an exciting moment. <laughs> it was nice. It was so good. I called the kid that did it on the ride home and told him it was fucking awesome. <laughs> but, you know. And I guess that's one of those weird things that, like, I picked up through motorsports is I really appreciate good work now. Um, you know, whether it's, like, if I get a steering box from, say, Kevin and his buddy built it for me, that's awesome. I appreciate all the help that, like, Kevin gave me with doing the uh, steering box, or not the steering box, I'm sorry, the uh, rear hoops in my Jeep, because we bent them up kind of more square than we did round, so I could move the rear axle back, and now that I'm doing my coilover swap, that was such a helpful thing. Um, you guys ever notice anything, like, when you're doing day-to-day -day shit about, like, how it ties back into the stuff that you've learned through off-roading. Actually, yes. I And the funny part is that you bring that up is literally, we just had a massive snowstorm. I think that was last Thursday. Uh, we had a, and right in the morning, I get there at 3.30 in the morning. I hop in my Bobcat that has a snowblower attachment. So I'm playing with all the controls, start doing my thing. And like the worst part about the snowblower is the, the neck on it is kind of weird. Like the shoot, I guess you could call it. It's kind of weird. Like, no matter what you do, it doesn't always just throw the snow where you want it. It'll kind of throw it up in the air. So I noticed as I'm driving this thing that I can't see a damn thing. Like, literally nothing. I mean, the windshield's going as best it can. The heat, or the windshield wiper's going as best it can. The heat's blowing on it. It's fogging up. And it was really cool because, I mean, we've we've said it before. Like, it's called driving by Braille. You're literally just going by what you feel in the... Your, like your ass kind of how it rumbles what you're feeling in the steering wheel and it's literally almost the exact same idea i was literally going feeling the road knowing like kind of the parking lots and all that going until i just about felt the curb and then lifting up the snowblower pushing the snow back and it, it's pretty like i kind of learned that from wheeling like you even without a spotter you start to feel when you're in a certain obstacle or when you're going down a rock garden or going down a trail in general 
you'll feel kind of what your Jeep is doing just based off of the steering wheel and how it's reacting to whatever you're driving over. So it was really, it was, I mean, it was honestly exciting for me to be able to like, just as you said, really correlate something from wheeling that not many people do. I mean, you don't get any, you don't get much road feel unless your shit's fucked up when you're going down the road. Like there's not much other than maybe you're hitting the rumble strip because you're tired or you're hitting the guardrail because you just ran into a pothole and you got some crazy bump steer in your shit box. Like, there's no i mean you really don't get much feeling with wheeling other than just doing it so it was really cool to know like as i'm driving along as i'm like if i'm trying to find a curb slowly easing into it until i just about feel the pressure push back onto the snowplow well the snowblower and being able to just ride that and know that if i push too far left or right i'm gonna get off my line so it was kind of cool to also like just the, the tie-in between the two was really exciting to be like, you know, that that actually came to use, and I actually got to do shit without even being able to see. Like, mm. One of the funniest things that I've found out through wheeling for me has been, like, I'll be going down the road with my dad. I'm like, yep, that thing's got a Dana 44 under it. Yep, that's a 14 bolt. Oh, hey, that's a Dana 70. Oh, look at that. We've got a Sterling 10.5. And, like, I just end up knowing what axles have what and like all of that stuff because of the amount of stuff that's just passed through my shop so it's like i know a lot of random details about vehicles that you shouldn't (laughs) you know what i mean or even like the plow today you know like how what what is the chances that or not today but this past weekend like what are the chances that you would have learned to be able to make something like that and know confidently in yourself that, hey, I can weld this together for you so that way it's a lot cheaper going to me than it is going to another place or knowing that what size bolt is going to work with what size chain. I mean, that's got to be some correlation as well, right? Yeah, that stuff, like, it kind of ties in more with my job, but it definitely does tie in because it was for me the off-roading stuff's given me a major confidence boost to be able to look at other work and be like okay i can do this because if i can weld up a quarter inch thick tab to hold my control arm in while i am you know bouncing rev limiter and just letting it eat trying to get up this obstacle well if i can do that with a quarter inch tab i've got the welder you know, heat it up a little bit before I go to weld it, and everything was gold, or everything went great, you know, and I'm not worried about it. I know that that plate's not going to come off because I've done similar projects for my wheeling stuff. You yeah. Know. Drive-by Braille. I like that. That's a good, uh, a good term. You definitely feel <laughs> yeah. like it in some gardens, depending on the, uh, the angle. Am I right? But like that is definitely the right way to say it, though. I mean, you could you could throw that that that's Luke saying. Don't get me wrong; I totally stole that from him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's so true. I mean, just in the sense of when we were in a soggy bottom up at Badlands, like driving through that mud puddle, like you have no idea what's under there. No matter if somebody standing over the like, like if they could be on your hood looking down, be like, oh yeah, look at that. There's water. I ain't gonna help you nothing. Like you're driving in it, and like you slam into something, you have to be like, "Oh, was that front diff or rear diff?" Well, let me hit a little harder and see if it pivots, or let me turn. Like, you know, like it just it fits so well. <laughs> I will say that trail is one of my favorite trails there, and I don't actually like mud all that much, but I like it because you have to 
set yourself up to get out of the lower like uh water crossing if you will correctly and you can't see the bottom and then when you go to actually leave that section you have to give it the beans so you have to like feel your way into the line and then be willing to fully commit to what you're feeling you get up into that and then you go into copperhead and copperhead was like that was a solid trail it was fun getting your xj through it i want to get kishes through it this year Mm-hmm. You got that easily, dude. Easy. I mean, I, you, you don't get me wrong. You could definitely fuck your shit up in there. Just ask Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Mind your line, drive it right, and I could promise you, you'll get through it. No, I mean, you might lose a quarter panel or two because of dropping down into much bigger rocks than what what we have. But you know. <laughs> yeah, it's still a good trail though. Like that. Uh, that middle ledge in there is a lot of fun. It's probably about four and a half feet tall. So. When you go to step up into that, depending on where you're trying to hit it from, even in a one-ton rig on 40s, you kind of have to give it a little and whatnot. But you're saying, Graham? Uh, I mean, I was just gonna comment because oh. I didn't make it through Copperhead. <laughs> well, if you want to add to the conversation, it, it then, denied then I guess. me uh, immediately. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as wheeling, or I guess. You know, the sport in general affecting my my daily life. I mean, I I've I've said this before. I've I've never been into cars or really anything before wheeling. So wheeling is really you know it it saved me a ton of money because now I don't buy new cars. Not that I ever did, but <laughs> I definitely am not now. I mean, my you know planned tow rig was a two thousand dollar piece of shit that I've. I was gonna say, what about the Cybertruck? I thought you were. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if I'm swimming in money, just as like a, you know, a fuck you, sure, I'd get it. I'll watch, I'll watch a fucking movie while my tow rig drives me to the, to the lot. I mean, you can't beat that. I would, (laughs) yes, I'd, I'd throw away the shitbox truck for a cyber truck if I could afford it. Uh, just because, because it'd be funny. I think the, the thing looks ugly as sin. Don't get me wrong, but. See, um, I think it actually looks kind of cool. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know like I, feel I like the fact that it's almost bulletproof. <laughs> almost, yeah. Don't have a ball bearing. <laughs> It'll pull uh, through that thing. But go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh uh, no. I mean, I mean, I'd say for the most part, it's just it's given me way more confidence in my ability to. Uh, you know, fix my own vehicles. I'm I'm not a mechanic. You know, for unless it's a like heavily modded Jeep thing, I'm I, I don't fix cars. Um, but at least on my own stuff, like I mean, I knew nothing about this truck. The only vehicles I care about are the ones I work on and I own. And for a long time, that was just the Cherokee. I knew nothing about other Jeeps. Uh, I mean, other than the ones that had the same or similar drivetrain and set up as a Cherokee, right? So TJs and, and you know, that's it. I knew TJs and XJs, but, you know, I got this truck, 2500 uh, GMC Sierra 2002. It's it's a shitbox. It's, uh, it is what it is, but I've learned a ton that I've been able to apply from the Jeep to the truck just as far as, and in some cases more because I'm not building it to, 
speed on i'm building it to drive so i mean those things rot out so it's been a lot of body work which is just you know adding to my you know skill set to some extent yeah it's it's just expanding what i already knew and the confidence from working on all the jeep stuff has uh you know transitioned well i'd say yeah and, and one it, oh sorry oh you're, i, mean, I was just saying it if, sounds like a cool new adventure i mean you've you've you haven't like stretched your xj's ability you know like i said like you're you're still learning obviously because as you said you're not a mechanic so like i'm sure there's still like motor things you don't know about but it's cool because now you're going to be able to share that same experience now with your truck now like you could literally next we're going to be seeing you're going to be throwing a supercharger on or something you know like it'd be cool <laughs> to see your what you feel would be economical but also like reliable where now it's like you're you're looking at eh, economical not really i just need to make sure that i can beat the shit out of it and then drive it home yeah. so it'll be it'll be cool i mean that's next, the other thing is uh, you know, oh, the so economics good. is already done right I've, I've paid nothing for the thing if you're gonna buy it, like not to shit on luke but you got the f-250 i don't know what year it is but you spent a good chunk of change on that thing i've spent maybe a third or probably a quarter more realistically on mine yeah than you, got you have on steel, yours though. I mean, in hmm? reality, he got that thing for a steal. Yeah, so, and I I know, but that's what makes it you know, for me that much more uh, that much cooler, right? I've yeah, got the okay. time to spare. I enjoy doing it, so it's it's not a huge uh, burden on me, right? To to spend the time to work on it because it's not just me spending time fixing it; it's me learning how to you know, do this stuff that will eventually apply to something in the future. I'm sure because I'm. At this point, I'm never going to not be into cars. I'm always going to have something I'm working on at some point, whether that is the Jeep or truck or something else cool. I don't I don't know. So I'd say that's the biggest way it's affected me. And it's, uh, you know, that's what I do now I'm in my spare time when I'm not doing, you know, nerdy computer stuff. I'm working on cars. That's just how it is. Yeah, that's a perfect tie in, Graham, for what I want to say. I think your next step is going to be converting your truck into your homemade cyber truck. <laughs> yes. I support that. Because, I mean, you are a fucking nerd. Yep. Yeah, that came out Tesla way more is... aggressively than you have to. I like keeping still... it separate. I like things. <laughs> I like. I like my computer stuff clean, and I like my car stuff clean. And when you add computers to cars... Messy. And this is coming from a computer guy. You you get a mess. It's I'm I'm sure it's I'm, I that's just another thing I haven't really gotten in too far with the with the car side of things is the electronics. I I do not enjoy car electronics at all. Computer electronics I do. So I don't know. At some point maybe I'll make the um, the connection, but I haven't yet. I haven't figured it out. Hey, look, you're muted, buddy. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> There he goes. Sorry about that. Um, can, can I like defend my F two fifty now, or yes, you is can. That not acceptable. No, you're not allowed it's to. Shit, it's dumb. It had death wobble when you bought it. Fuck that oh, thing. Yeah. We'll just dig the pit deeper. You need a bigger ladder. <laughs> no, I love that truck, though. Honestly, that thing's sick. So, our buddy Ryan, he's in the off road club, and I was talking with him. I'm like, you know. I had this 09 Chevy 1500, and the thing towed okay, but I kept eating through brakes. 
And that to me was just like obnoxious. Like I was putting a new set of calipers in the thing every six months. I was putting new pads on it every like four months. And before y'all start screaming trailer brakes, my trailer brakes work fine on the trailer. There is zero problems with them. They were set high enough that they would happily like if you were to try and panic stop, they were just about locking up the trailer brakes. You know, like one step below skidding the tires. So, I don't think the trailer brakes were a problem, but this truck would just eat brakes left and right. And I'm left to the conclusion that it was due to towing because... No? no? Was, was the trailer thing... Hold on, I, oh, I was just I'm just going to just quickly add oh. to what you were saying. For the trailer brakes, was that loaded or unloaded? Would it do it? Because that, that does matter. That unloaded, was... I could, no, that was loaded. That okay. was loaded. Okay. I I okay. made sure to check that with it loaded because my Luke's Cherokee. It's always been pretty good about that. Okay. Yeah, my Cherokee weighs in at. I think we crossed the scales last time at fifty-two, so it's a healthy, girthy, monstrosity. Um, <laughs> Luke also like adjusts the trailer brakes per load, like because yeah. he sets it differently for my jeep than his jeep cool. i know that from experience all right i just i just had to ask that's all go ahead Do no it. so i was talking with ryan and he wheels a bronco but he had a 7.3 and he ended up getting rid of it and going to a 6.2 gasser and i'm like ford gasser and the thing that's stuck in the back of my mind is like the triton motors you know the five fours and the v10s where they like to shoot the spark plugs and he's like no dude the the thing tows great. It's been awesome to me. I don't have any of those problems. The thing is just, I turn the key and it goes. And I'm like, huh, all right, whatever. Found my truck and, you know, I had some issues with the dealership because they didn't know what they were working with. Uh, ended up going to Ford to get tie rod ends and a track bar. But they said when it came in, the alignment was out five degrees of tow. So, like, that right there is enough to cause death wobble, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, like, I got that fixed. I had to deal with a bunch of BS there, and the thing's been good to me. I just put a new set of larger tires on it because it's got 430 gears. So I went from a 31 to a 33 to try and get it, like, closer to a 410, I think. But it's been good to me. Uh, and the people that you meet through wheeling end up helping out with shit like that often, you know. Isn't uh, Ryan's truck also white? Ryan's truck is yes. also a silvery white. It's not quite white. It's not quite okay. silver. Okay, white. it's not the same it's, color. It's white. It, it's it's white. close enough for you to go <laughs> up to them and go, oh my god, you guys are twinning. Yep. <laughs> white uh, truck gig. Don't let it die. <laughs> nah, white trucks are where it's at. Especially the That's dad mod trucks, because you oh, never get yeah. stopped. That is, thing oh, is awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> set the cruise control at 70 miles an hour with the Cherokee behind you. Who is he? Where is he going? And does it even matter? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying I need to paint mine white? I just yes, finished painting the bed silver. Yeah, white. you fucked up, Graham. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I should have just it's... painted the cab. Get some monster liner, <laughs> get that thing white. Whole thing. Psh, 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 done. Call it a day. 
The mm, only whatever. thing that would have been better is if my truck came with steel wheels, it wouldn't be dad trucking. It would then be commercial trucking. And Jeez. no one bothers that. That's not true. I mean, Ryan just got pulled when he was heading up to Badlands. He got he got flagged into the way station. He, and then he's like, so what's up? And they're like, all right, we need your commercial license, this, that, where you're going. He's like, I own this truck. This is my truck. They're like, oh, okay, see you later. <laughs> but, I mean, oh. the DOT. DOT and Stadies hate commercial trucks. I mean, I get I get looked at all the time. Anytime I'm in a parking lot, if I have a like a DOT truck, they're like, "So what's going on with this?" Blah blah blah. So I'd stay away from the commercial look if possible. Okay, so keep the dad trucking going. Yes, yeah. <laughs> as much as possible. Yeah, just, just spray paint "not for hire" on the side so they know. Or just get a sticker. <laughs> mm. yeah, how about <laughs> neither of those options i've got like a homeowner trailer too because i'm not how you know i don't have a 12k equipment trailer i've got like a 7k appalachian car hauler so it's pretty boring but so i mean that kind of speaks into what i like i was thinking about getting a 3500 dually duramax but i'm also considering moving to connecticut like the problem is, is now Don't that I have it. to go, I have to go to commercial plates. I have to get a commercial license. Now I have to get DOT numbers if I'm going commercial with the actual vehicle, or I have to get not like I legitimately have to get a not for hire sticker. And the worst part about that is, if I'm towing a trailer that has a 10k rating or more, you need to clap, you need a CDL because it's a commercial plate. It's fucked. It's, yeah, it's I get by with combination plates, and they won't yeah. fuck with you if you're towing less than twelve or less than ten thousand pounds behind you. You generally get left alone. But if mm -hmm. you have a twelve k trailer, then they start like looking into it more, from what I understand. Yeah, because uh, I've I've been I've been slowly considering doing a uh, a two place because the girlfriend's Jeep is slowly getting its way to where. No, like if we're going to Rosh, we're going to Badlands, like something like that. It it'd be cool to be able to throw two jeeps on it. But again, same thing. Got to deal with stupid bullshit. So maybe maybe a dually's not my best option. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry, I just had to add that in. <laughs> yeah, it's fair enough. Um, we do need to get Kevin on to talk about or to talk with him at some point in time because I feel like he would be a good conversation. Uh, between the buggy, yeah, K-pop. Between oh, the buggy and everything else. But, yeah, it's one of those things also where it's like, you just, you know the people. And it's very nice to, quote-unquote, know the people. Like, for example, I found a set of axles that were going to go to Graham. Now they're going to Kish. Stupidly cheap. You know, you end up getting mm -hmm. hooked up like that. I mean, Cody's getting a set of axle shafts for wickedly cheap because of someone that me and Graham both know. It's kind of one of those just nice things that goes along with the sport, I guess. It just goes to show the old adage. It's all about who you know in life. Not yeah. what you know. Very exactly. Well, That's both why are college important. is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but... I mean, that, I mean that that definitely ties into like my Jeep. I wouldn't have a 44 if I didn't know Graham. I wouldn't put. I wouldn't have a 14 bolt sitting in the back of my truck if I didn't know uh, Colin. Wouldn't have a possibility That's of still a 60. Back there. Hell, where where else am I gonna put it? Things heavy as I shit. I'm fucking. Not... Know. I thought you I... were taking it out by I... now. 
Oh, it's like wait for it's nice wait back there for for the snow. I mean, I got kind of bald tires back there. The at least with the 14 bolt sitting on top of the other 14 bolt. At least it's getting a little bit of traction. But I mean, there's the 60 sitting in Luke's shop that Graham may be keeping or selling. We don't know yet, but it'll if go. you want it, it's all yours. Just I'll take it. But I just I need cash. Hey, I I mean, I got I got a little few other things on the mind. But sadly, me and Luke did. Uh, we did talk about the buggy idea for me, and I think we're scrapping it. We no kind of, we yeah, no buggy. I think we're just gonna do my Jeep in stages, and then slowly back half that. It, it based off of like what me and him were talking about. It's gonna roughly like I mean, just this is just a rough estimate. Is like sixteen five to do the buggy, and that's with mm-hmm. getting a full lizard uh, fab like buggy setup with the mounts with the control arms with everything with the mounts for the axles that's with axles motor uh boost and propane setup it's just one of those things that like you can't do it in steps you know or you do do it in steps but you can't drive in between you know where with the jeep i can do the cage do the axles do the back half you know like in that situation it's and it's still gonna be like 12 5 in the end for tires and all that but I think I think that's the play, and also I don't ever see Caitlyn running blacks with and red obstacles in it. So I could I I as we were talking, it seems of a more economical standpoint to build hers to run blue trails and black obstacles like my Jeep currently does, and allowing her to have fun in her own Jeep, but then also building mine to be dumb and stupid. So, yeah, well, with hers, yeah. it's also her daily, so it's like. It's kind of a question as to how far she wants to go with it. You know, doing an 8.8 and a high pinion 30 or maybe JK axles wouldn't be that hard to do in a relatively quick but decent succession. And she could go right into running what your Jeep is already doing on similar axles. Or if you end up buggying yours or even just one ton swapping it, you know, swapping your axles over, cutting off the old truss on the 44, putting a new one on it and setting that up under her jeep you know maybe change your front brackets a little yeah i think that might be the best bet yeah it it, but turns i mean she just got a new job offer so maybe it won't be here daily for much longer so i'll be pretty sure yeah i mean getting a cyber truck that's what she's cyber (laughs) (laughs) no dude i've been pushing i've been pushing it's called a high it's a hyundai onyx we have one as a work company car dude this thing is sick. I'm not kidding you. They're like 18 grand brand new, like no miles on it. They're a hybrid. It gets 65 miles to the gallon, 890 miles to the tank. It costs $10 to fill the tank, and the thing fucking drives on its own. And it's, dude, I mean, how can you go wrong? You put a, like, I don't know, $4,000 down payment on it. Your payments are like 390 a month. It's hard to complain. And you got a warranty. So I've been pushing that, but I mean, she thinks the car's ugly, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't ugly. matter. <laughs> yeah, when you're spending five dollars a week on gas, like it's hard to complain. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish the F two fifty I was spending five dollars a week. Normally, it's like fifty bucks a week in gas. Same. I put a hundred and fifty in my truck this week. It's been horrible because I've been down to Connecticut and back four times already. So oh, hey. Jesus. I'm sorry. Oh, that's because the girlfriend's Jeep wants to overheat, and then Luke wants to hang out, so I go help him, and then also had to go and pick up Christmas cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then also tomorrow, oh, no, 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 she has my Jeep, or she has my truck now, so I won't be 
doing anymore. And then also today, I used it for work, so I had to put my own gas in, but then obviously I was reimbursed. But still, it still adds up in the end. But less about me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Richie, what, uh, back to the old topic at hand, how do you feel that wheeling has impacted your day-to-day life? Oh, fuck. It, it a lot. <laughs> I mean, shit. The... Back in high school, when me and Luke were working on his first Cherokee, I got proficient enough with welding that I was able to get myself two separate jobs as a welder. You know, and between those two jobs, I worked. What's this? 20, uh, I worked three and a half years of my five years, six years out of high school as a welder just because I got good enough from working on Cherokees to do it. I mean, that's kind of sweet. Know, I'm, I've been, uh, and just, I'm constantly pulling skills that I've learned from working on the Jeeps and building everything for them, you know, for each of my jobs. Yeah. It has helped me with the creativity a lot because like, you know, trying to fit a three-link around a starter, eh, figuring out how to get a scrap piece of metal down a chute at work is not that much more complicated, if you know what you I know, mean. You know, it is something very similar along those lines for me at work. Just, I'm constantly grabbing random pieces of what everyone thinks is unusable metal, and I'm using them to make beautiful, beautiful quick fixes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I think the uh, it's it's just like a uh, thing that I uh, I watched on uh, TV before the podcast here. It's a one dollar fix for a ten thousand dollar problem. There, there's quite a few of those at my current job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's always they're the fixes. They, mm. they are genuine fixes. They are solid. Hey man, all I'm gonna say is real cheap. All I'm going to say is that I also have started getting more and more of the, hey, Luke, I know you know how to weld. Can you fix this chair for me? And things like that, too, which are <laughs> always fun. A chair? Yeah, a chair. Like a older metal chair. I got asked to... Um, the uh It was like a... I'm sorry, like a bar stool. So, okay. And it broke. <laughs> It broke, so I I welded the um, thing in place because they kept putting bolts in it and they blew the bolt holes out, so I filled the bolt hole with weld and drilled that out, and then I just welded the uh, leg mount to the legs, or like, sorry, Hmm. the place that you put your feet to the legs, and... Stool is, if it breaks, you can just flip it over and just sit on one side, like one leg. I mean, it'll keep you supported very well. (laughs) What? It's fine. It's fine. You know. Have you been hanging out with stand. Colin? That's a good point, though. I use uh, also the fact so, that I use my uh, Jeep as a skitter for when I'm cutting trees and shit down to heat up my house for the winter. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty I mean, there. D- dual purpose. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can also say the friendships that I've gained through it, too. Not even just for, like, 
for parts and whatnot, but I'll, well, kind of about parts is like I become pretty good friends with my uh, my parts guy. I mean, I literally get stock replacement parts for five dollars over cost, and it's re- it's awesome. But I mean, like I I called him up today and it was like, hey asshole, I need this this and that, and he goes, is it actually for a Cherokee? Because yesterday you told me you needed brake lines for a '95 Chevy and you needed a Dakota steering box, but like, is it actually going on your Jeep? So it's it's pretty cool because you also get to share the same experience that like you've learned like the quick fixes like richie was saying and you get to share it with other people who aren't even involved with the sport but then oh, yeah. it opens up their mind to where like the uh this kid at the parts store has a i think it's a 01 1.8 volkswagen but then he realized that instead of going with that shady turbo that he could upgrade it to a different style turbo that came off of Oh God, I don't even, I forget the name of the vehicle or what vehicle it's from, but like he was able to go online, go through some forms and be like, Oh, I can get a way better turbo that bolts right up. So it's, yeah. it's just pretty cool to like, share that experience. Yeah. I will say, uh, in, being buddy, buddy with your parts guy definitely helps. <laughs> I brought my parts guy on a, uh, on a wheeling trip. He came on the open run. <laughs> he, the manager. So I know a couple of the guys at the store I go to. And uh, we have a company account there, so we share it amongst um, a few of us. And it, it, the prices don't change too much. I, it's not the company account isn't necessarily worth it, but uh, they're they're always giving me shit because I never bring them in bringing like easy problems, right? It'll be like, okay, well I need this part, but it can't be for this, and it's got to be you know this specific one. So they'll flip the computer around and show me all the ones they have and say okay that one that's what we need i can't think of a good example but there's like like steering box um uh, seal kits who the fuck buys steering box seal kits at a part store nobody (laughs) nobody does it it's like okay give me like two of them because you're gonna have to order them and i know i'm gonna have to do another box at some point it's like okay hi graham No, it's just like how uh, my coworker, when I had first started at my current job, he was telling me about how he had to swap the transmission in his 2500 Dodge. And I was like, well, I know it's a little different, but I, I've i gotten pretty good at swapping transmissions with my buddy, Luke. Yeah. I'll lend a hand. And, and he just looked at me so bewildered that I would actually offer to help swap the training. I'm like, it sucks, but it's not that bad. I've I've done enough of them to not hate my life. Mm, the truck transmissions, those ones. Ugh. Yeah, At he almost the, broke the Chevy, his arm. The Chevy oh my ones. God. I haven't done. Yeah, a Dodge fucking one. Uh, when <laughs> when we were pulling the old transmission out, it's we had it completely free. We were just about to start coming down with the jack. When it just fucking yeeted itself right off the jack. And it started coming down right onto his arm. But I, like, I stuck my arm underneath the tail shaft. And I just levered it. And it was enough to, like, just miss his arm. Nice. Fuck that. I was taught as a young age that if something is heavier than you are, don't fucking catch it. It was definitely one of those uh, quick decision, quick react things where uh, I didn't put too much thought behind it. Fair. Mm. That's definitely but, I mean, fair. Bo- both of us were fine. You know, I, I had a fucking bruise on my arm. 
whoop de doo hmm. yeah. So, Luke. Um, uh... <laughs> I, I was just going to say, uh, thanks for the help this weekend, Cody. Um, oh. We're splitting that doubler. But things are paying the fucking ass. Yeah, not to mention the uh, the awkward bracket that you received. That we, I mean, how long did me and Luke were looking at this thing, looking at the diagram, looking back at this thing, looking at the diagram, and we're like, I don't think this is right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dumb. Very good option that we are just dumb, but yeah, you so can't like, fit a square peg in a round hole. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I got... What's going on with that, so the full story is I got my shifter kit and, you know, I've been waiting on this to get the doubler to go in because, well, you know what? I've dropped fucking, I dropped a good chunk of change on this. You know, I traded some parts and I did a couple other things to get this doubler. I, um, you know, I paid like a thousand dollars and, uh, you know, there are some parts traded to knock that down and I'm like, all right, well, I want to make this thing work. But I got my JB Fab shifter kit, and I'm not throwing shade at the guy. I think I might have just gotten the wrong bracket or something. This, this stuff happens. Whatever, you know. Like, I totally don't blame the dude. Things happen. Um, but I'm just, I'm frustrated because either I have to machine a new bracket to get my shifter to work, which, whatever, it's not that big of a deal, and it's just another hassle. But to fit the doubler in, I'm going to have to cut out my seat mounts. When I cut my seat mounts, that means that I have to go and dig into the cage. And it's just like, it's spiraling into this massive project where my Jeep is on jack stands because the rear axle is out to get the brackets for the links. But I can't even start building the frame side links because I don't know where the transfer case is going to be. And it's like, I could just put my old case or, you know, grab another case and whatever, because I already sold that case, but, you know, maybe take one as a trade for the doubler and, you know, or get some money on the side to buy, like, the Boostworks or the uh, Iron Man 4x4 Fab uh, cross member for the steering box, because right now I'm having issues where the shaft has a ton of play in it, and, like, I need to put the motor mount brackets and motor actual motor mounts into the Jeep as long as well as a transmission mount. And it's like I could throw a 231 back in there and maybe be a little bit happier. Or not happier, but, like, I know my Jeep's going to perform better next season anyway, even if it's got a 231 in it. Because I've got stickies. I've got the four-link setup going in. It's not going to be the same Jeep it was. And there are other mods I need to do as well that don't involve me having to, like, build supports off of my roll cage for my seat mount at the moment. Yeah. What kind of shifter is it? Is it a, um, like, a cable shifter or is it It mechanical? is a all-cable shifter. So okay. I've got and three... Just, the bracket that holds it doesn't fit it where it would need to shift from? It does not know, and it looks like I might run into issues with my clocking ring hitting the cable to get mm, everything to okay. line up. Weird. So, well, that's the cable doesn't actually fit into the bracket to either. actually mount it either. Oh. <laughs> so that's got to get drilled Why? out. Yeah, that's. Have you talked to the guy that made the shifters? I'm talking with the guy about it, but he says he hasn't seen the problem before. And I'm wondering if it's because I have a clocking ring 
and the conversion from 23 spline. So the other thing I want to add to this is my initial thought in all of this was, you know what? I've got this doubler here. I'll just get a new output shaft made for it and get a 205 because I know that like, you know, whatever, I can fucking figure out this mounting bracket problem and I can put the transfer case I want to get the gear ratio I want. Um, I'm actually a little worried that the 6.4 to 1 or whatever it comes out to is going to be too low. Well, that's why you have a doubler. You can uh, disable super low. That's I can disable point. super low, but I would I would like the low low range, if you will, to be like closer to a five to one. So I'm almost See, debating letting the extra money just sit in my savings account, working a bunch, like I'm working through Christmas, you know, saving up, trying to put five hundred bucks away every couple month or every month towards an atlas, and then just get my rig running, put a five to one atlas under it, and call it a day. Or buy an eco box and do a 205 like what you're doing, Graham. Yeah, uh, overall, I mean, I haven't fully put everything together because uh, I would have started to last weekend, but I was busy and hopefully I'll have time this weekend. I was planning on trying to actually be cutting my Jeep up this weekend, but it's not going to work out and I've got to work this week, so it's not going to happen, but hopefully soon I'll uh, be able to. Either get my, I have to figure out if I can get the Jeep into Jacob's shop or if I'm going to do it in my driveway. I'd like to do it in the shop, but if I can't, do it in the driveway. You should um, do it in the shop. Doing it in the I, shop I motivates to. you to do it because you can work in warmth. And there is something to be said about even if it's like 60 about? degrees. I built my cage. I know. Like You're the dumb. The external part in 10 you days. You are so dumb. In the freezing cold. Well, yeah. my aunts and uncles and other family members were like, what are you doing out here? Why are you working on this? It's like, I this don't think the that... only time I'm going to have to build this stupid thing. I know, but it is, a, in my humble opinion, it is far easier to work at 60 degrees because you're able to comfortably wear a hoodie and walk around the shop doing what you need to do and your fingers all function and everything functions happily. They don't get randomly yeah. stiff. You can yep. get down on the creeper. Not on the concrete floor, but on the creeper comfortably. <laughs> nah, fuck that. You want to be as cold as possible. You want to be completely as stiff as possible. Everything has to, like, not be functioning properly. That is when you get a good product. Fit in a coffin, but not for working on the Jeep. <laughs> okay. But if like... I do it in the shop, it'll be way cleaner. I, I just, I'll be able to spend more time working on it the downside is i don't want to be stepping on jacob's toes he's got a bunch of projects in there going as well uh you know partially um you know projects that i'm bringing in for him and i'm trying to you know like i was talking about um other jeep i'm working on i'm trying to get that in there so i mean it's gonna be a busy winter i mean it's gonna be a lot of work between his stuff my stuff and there's stuff we're trying to bring in to pay the rent so although i'll be I... honest if i'm busy i'm generally a little bit happier with what goes on in the shop like i'm excited to have kish's floor pans come in i'm excited to go and fix the exhaust on the tow rig i'm excited to go and help cody with whatever he's doing because it's something to break up my 
uh, my yeah. stuff. Yeah, you don't have to be thinking about the monolithic project you've got going on. Yeah. I'm even more excited for my floor pans. Nice. Yeah. So- so one of the weirdest things about your new shifter setup that kind of it still boggles my mind of how why the cable doesn't fit into the bracket it, it just genuinely like you have two parts that came from the same kit from the same maker even yeah. regardless of the regardless of the interference issue of where it's leaning up and over the doubler as if if it were to hook up but like that to me still doesn't make sense on how Regardless of the company, I heard they've done great work, but to me, it just seems like something on their end was wrong, and they're failing to make amends of it, just because... I don't how... even know, like, he offered to ship me another bracket with the correct size holes in it, but I'm like, I mean, I thank you for offering that, but that doesn't solve the issue of the brackets hitting my clocking ring. That, to me, is the biggest problem, because as a machinist, it's no big deal for me to go and, like, just pop the hole open, you know. Yeah, I've I've got the stuff, but it's, like, it hits my clocking ring. This is, like, yeah. critical dimensional stuff. I don't even mean it. Like, I, I get that that's, like, the obviously the major problem. I mean it more in the sense of, like, it seems like that there was a, a greater chance of things being wrong if even the hole for their own shifters isn't correct. That's where, to me, it's like, that's kind of odd that, again, especially because the at the end of that cable, you have a thread, so that way it mounts properly, so you get the right depth on the cable, so you have to have it in a straight line. But still, like, the fact that that hole isn't even big enough for the cable that they made that also made the bracket, like, there's a, there's a gray area there. It's like, okay, so what else could be wrong on their end? Like, I don't think it's a matter of your clocking ring being any bigger, smaller, whatever. Like, yeah, that just seems very odd to me. I will say this, though. Like, for the quality of the shifter, if I were to go with the Ego Box, which I'm kind of, like, leaning against right now, but I would get their shifter set up again, to run with the Eco Box and the 205, I think there was just, like, a, maybe a quality control issue or something very minor on that side. And I think part of the issue is I've got the reduction down to the 23 spline. So, like, I could bolt the Dana 300 up with the clocking ring and there wouldn't be an issue. But I don't want to go out and buy a 300, you know what I mean? Um, You've already got the 20. Yeah, and it's basically the same case. Yep. Which is a mistake. I personally think that you should sell it. I think right now... I mean, I think think you should keep the cables because they're fucking baller as shit and all while you get a new mount or whatever it may be. Nah, I'm gonna sell the cables with that because it's such a specific kit. Oh, um, I, I, didn't, I, I thought you were saying that it's the same style as, like, an Atlas, or, like, if you got the 300. No, unfortunately, like, if I were to buy an Atlas, I would have to buy the uh, shifter kit with it. But still, going through some of the vendors that I know, like Chad, um, you know, you're talking about 2400 bucks to get an Atlas shipped with shifters. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just... I. I personally, I would see a Rubicon T case for twelve hundred bucks being way more feasible than. I really want the front digs. After wheeling with Jamie, I really, really want the front digs, and it's like, 
Man, I could just drop an Atlas in there, five to one with the correct 1350 flanges on everything. Do the front dig thing till I'm like launching chunks of red label across the comp course at Roush, and the transfer case isn't going to blow up. That's my big thing with it. Or like I could do that with a 205, and I know that the transfer case isn't going to blow up. And even then, it's still like, uh, I think it's 5.4 to 1 gram for your low range. Yeah, sounds right. It's, then why did it's you buy low. your current box then if you are now saying that you want... Like... Uh, price point, and I thought it was going to be less hassle than it is. Okay. You know, like, I didn't think I was going to have to cut my seat mount out to fit it. And, uh, Cody, to your point, I would have done a 241 OR if I could have found one for a reasonable price. Everybody wants a ridiculous amount of money for those things, which, I mean, they're great cases, don't get me wrong. But I've blown up two 231s because I didn't have enough fluid in them. I don't really want to buy a 241 OR and then end up blowing it up because I'm stupid and don't have fluid in it. So yeah, but are you going to blow up a 231 eco or like a eco box or you know uh, whatever else? Yeah, yeah, anything. If you don't put fluid in it, or oh, I mean, I know that. I know dry that. Dry packing. Or... <laughs> I, I I know it's not a good excuse, but. And the other half of it, I guess, is uh, um, it's just it's fun to build shit. Like, so are you saying more in the sense of it's easier to find a three hundred than it is to find a two hundred five or whatever you said it was, Graham or, or Luke? I don't know. Is that what you're saying? Because you blow it up, it's more accessible. I guess it's or... not so much that it's the input shaft. Um, I have a twenty three spline conversion currently on the Dana twenty. So basically, it's a Jeep input shaft with a Duffy 231 um, crawl box. And the issue with that, there's no issue with the box, but unfortunately, the manufacturer died. So I can't get any replacements. If I could hit up Duffy and, you know, say, hey, man, I've got your crawl box could you please send me a 31 spline or a 27 i think it's 28 spline if i remember correctly for the ford stuff uh output shaft so i can put a 205 behind your box there wouldn't be a problem you know what i, I mean it's a 31 i might be wrong it's All a right. pretty big spline so can i please get a 31 spline conversion output shaft for my doubler it wouldn't be a problem but i can't do that you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, I got you. I was just trying to figure out Graham's train of thought there. He, it just seemed like the what, what he was saying is that it was more accessible. That's kind of based off of if because he said that his stupidity was the cause of previous boxes blowing up, and he also said on the fact of what he found was well, the three hundred. So that's why I was just trying to get that train of thought. I wasn't necessarily com yeah, no, commenting on your I'd say count finding a three hundred is probably about. As difficult as finding a 205, you can I find disagree. Both. 205s are easier. Really? Yeah, because the 205 with 31 spline output ran from like 81 to 95. Yeah, so I mean, there's, there's a, a ton, shit of them. ton of them. Um, yeah. I guess the reason you'd go with the two or a, a third or ugh, 300 would be it's Size. lighter. Yeah, it's smaller, it's lighter. 
And um, like that's part of the thing with the Atlas is I know I can fit an Atlas under my rig. It's like stock, like that's that small or it's not it's like not stock small, small but, but with the way that they're set up, you know, I'd have to beat the floor pan in compared oh, wow. to having to cut out my seat mount. So have you cut out your seat mount yet? For the no, I haven't. Thank God. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I could go and I could, you know, machine myself up a bracket to make this thing work and run the cable shifters that I have now with what I currently have and just accept that it's like going to have to happen and, you know, whatever. Understandable. So have you decided i know you're just i know that's kind of the point of this was for all of us to. Get i there. honestly haven't because like on one hand i want to do front digs on the other hand it's like save the money and not take the time and change stuff to do it again but at the same time front digs and i've got stickies sitting at the shop so actually like having a low range would be kind of nice yeah I don't know. I uh, Although, I say, Luke, fuck it, sell the doubler, get the Jeep wheeling again, and just when the time comes, the time comes. You'll eventually do something like a doubler or an Atlas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really leaning towards the Atlas at the moment because it's just it's simpler. Um, it's beefy. I know that I can put it in, and I don't have to deal with it again. But if a 241OR passes me by, I won't hesitate to grab that either. And you can All beef right, well, up a so 231. Sounds like, you, sounds like you got decided what you're going to do, Luke. Yeah, I've got an offer to take a 231 with an HD chain on it and uh, AA slip yoke eliminator. So I think I'm going to just throw that back in the rig. Basically the same thing that I had. Oh yeah, that no, you sold to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's still sitting on the shop floor too. Stock boxes or die. No slip yoke eliminators here, boys. <laughs> Fuck those things. This is the kid That's in line to get Rain's mine. lazy and hasn't gotten you. Yours. Whoa, I'm, I'm not lazy. I just haven't first. gotten everything lined up. I still need the Jeep. <laughs> I am first in line, by the way, mister. You offered it up to me. Yep. So don't yep. don't you you said get in line. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I said. You're first in line. Okay. All right. So here's not, the honestly, other. Not even. Oh, bad. sorry. Here's the no, other cool would, part. Yeah. I can get a 1350 yoke for this advanced adapter slip yoke eliminator for 50 bucks and run a Super Duty drive shaft with what my stretch is looking like. So I can grab a junkyard drive shaft and have the Jeep running literally in a weekend with that's a 1315. Huh. Aren't they huge and hollow, like the uh, the Chevy drive shafts? Aren't they aluminum? Uh, not the fronts. No, the fronts are still steels. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking rear. My bad. No, it's a front with a double card and thirteen fifty joints on it. Just so that nice. way I could slap that on with the um. It's if I get the flange, I could just bolt up the Ford drive shaft to the flange, and then on top of that, I could run the uh. I wouldn't need a conversion U-joint at the rear axle. So, and I imagine that there's a bunch of crash super duties out there. That'd be pretty yep, sweet. Probably. 
I mean, all the axles for all these one-ton Cherokees had to come from somewhere. <laughs> There's got to be trash ass laying around. <laughs> yeah, at this point in time, you're the only person with non-Super Duty stuff. I mean, I well, I have a 14 bolt, but fuck a Super Duty. That's why well, the Super Duty poop. Poop Duty, get it? <laughs> oh, shut up. You're just jelly. Fuck that shit. You don't need it. I'll roll around in my stock stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, if you buy Gram 60, that axle's going to work out really well for you. And it's yeah, not it's Super Duty, so pattern. I can still flex it. At this point, just going to grab another 14 bolt and make it front steer and just send her. Make Colin mm. all happy and shit. Oh, God. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, do <laughs> it right, you know? I want to boost sure. it anyways. So might as well oh, it. God. You know, this is going to be one of those things where the Jeep moves into my shop. I'm going to end up selling the shop. The Jeep's going to get moved to, like, New Hampshire in pieces. <laughs> and we're going to end up finishing it up there. Yeah. If you move to New Hampshire, that's going to be a problem. Because then I'm going to travel from Connecticut to New Hampshire. And that's going to suck. Uh, where I'm looking at is only two hours. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we're going to get a train. Just fucking take the train up. Like, sir, why does your bag check in at 200 pounds? Don't fucking worry about it, okay? It just <laughs> rolls out all the parts. Hey, hey, I'm 195, and I don't fit in a bag. <laughs> I am back at 210. I feel fat. I feel that. You fat, dirty fuck. Yeah, COVID definitely was not a help. I could oh, God, no. That. What are y'all drinking this podcast? Because, like... I've killed, like, four of these Mango Cafe beers. They taste kind of like a sour, but huh. they're like a, I guess, a mango sour. They're pretty okay. Huh. Yeah. Drinking uh, Mellow Yellow recently. Peach. Yellow Peach? No, Mellow Yellow Peach. It's just That's what a... you're drinking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good old <laughs> non-alcoholic. <laughs> uh, uh, fair I've got enough. a, a Jack Abbey in front of me. What's that? Jack Daniels. Rich. Yeah. It's always Jack, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels for Richie. I've got a Jack Savvy. I have a problem. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> what is it, Graham, <laughs> that you're drinking? It's a Jack Savvy Haponius Union. It's a hoppy lager. I don't, know, I don't think it's an IPA, but Probably it's pretty good. Like one. Jack Savvy, you can't go wrong with. Like All their stuff's good. Mm. Shameless plug. Yeah, I would have stopped at the store and actually gotten something to drink, but I was too busy doing everything else and missing the podcast. So, oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, I delayed going to the shop because the girlfriend wanted tequila. So fair. instead of going to the shop, I went and got her tequila. So tomorrow, after I get out of work, I'm gonna have to run up there and grab the bottle because I got my 10-pound spool of wire, and there's no sense in having a bottle with 500 PSI in it. I'd like to yeah. see that, like, 2100 before I go into Christmas break, so I can get yep. everything done. So if I'm putting weld? Yeah, and I was thinking about it. I might modify my crossmember uh, and just bend up, like, a DOM hoop to go over and split it into two sections. So hopefully it would clear... Uh, future doubler setup but hmm. that was just a random thought um doing a hoop to... all right What's so 
Graham. Explain it again. Picture two pieces of two by five steel with braces that go into the unibody split in the oh, center okay. so that the drive shaft has room to go in between. Bend mm -hmm. up a hoop to go over it like a 180 degree bend because with my bender, it's a five inch separation, I believe. Weld the hoop on there to hold the two cross members together. Add supports from the upper link mounts to my roll cage. Add supports from the hoop support to the roll cage. Nicely tied in. Should be able to get a doubler in. Should be able to get the link lengths I want. Nice. Okay, that makes more sense now that you explained it. Sorry. I thought you were like using a hoop to fix your front cross member and I didn't understand how that was going to work. <laughs> no, the front cross member is still an enigma, but I'll get there when I get there. I'll just weld it back up. Put some more bracing on it. I'm probably going to do that and then I think I'm going to get the Iron Man uh, motor mount or the SFR motor mount and transmission mount kits because mm -hmm. they sell the whole thing for like 450 bucks. And it comes with the plates for the engine. It comes with the motor mounts themselves and a transmission mount. I will say, my I have an Iron Man transmission mount. It's not in the Jeep currently. Um, it Your mileage might vary. You don't have... The 2000 Cherokee transmission mount is in a different spot. It's a different design entirely. And I had a hell of a time getting that Iron Man one to fit. I had to cut, I forget where I had to cut, but there was some cutting involved to get it to even come close to fitting. And I have to like rip the transmission uh, to one side more than it wants. I had to go back to a stock one because it just, I couldn't get the transmission cross member in and out in yeah. by myself. It was such he a pain in the ass. He changed the mount style uh, about two years ago on that but i'm more leaning I mean, I've, towards i've got the... a relatively new one it's within the past year and a half i'd say oh all right well i'm more leaning I mean, towards the sfr kit anyway I, I love the mount i hate i hate to rag on it because it's a good mount like i when i put that thing in those shifts were fucking like you felt them like it was solid it wasn't going anywhere i'm hoping i can use it in the uh if I redo my cross member in the front when I end up doing the uh, the doubler and I can add another similar style mount to the 205 and then have the Iron Man one. Yeah, well, uh, the, part of the, the reason I'm but... leaning towards the SFR one is he offers it in all poly. And I know a lot of people don't like it's all unibody. poly. But no, the reason that no. I'm leaning towards it is because any mount that I put on the back of a 205 or an Atlas is going to be poly. That's what they're all sold Why would as. you do that? Why wouldn't you just put a rubber mount like everything else? Uh, I Poly prefer the better. strength. It's not, though. Not in a unibody. So poly is only okay if... I mean, but that's the, po that's the point of poly, though. So that way you don't go to a solid mount and you have more rigidity than a rubber mount. That's, a, that's literally the point of a poly The amount of rigidity you're going to get from a good rubber mount is incredible. For if you don't long? have a solid... If you don't have brown dog motor mounts or an equivalent, I know Iron Man and Stinky Fab, like you said, make them. If you don't have a rubber version of those in already, do the rubbers first. If you don't like it, take the rubber out and put in a poly. But I swear to God, 
you're not going to want the poly after going to the solid rubber. But for how long is that rubber going to last? You are putting so much force. So now, not to mention, you're talking about putting a doubler. Now you have even more tor- like torsion on all of those components. Your rubber is going to get deteriorated even quicker. The point of the poly is to have some give enough so that way you don't cause those stress factors on a unibody. You know who would like be really solid... good to have on to talk about this? We should have know. Hackbar back on. Because I know that he's got poly mounts and whatnot on his doubler, but I huh. forget what he's got for his transmission and motor mounts. So well, we should ask him about that next time we have him on. Yeah, I. everything I've heard is if, I mean, if you have a a, a poly transmission mount, you, you have to do poly motor mounts because you'll wear out the weakest mount first. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do one component, stick with it. If I can't, if I can't convince you to not use poly, then it it is what it is. But I'm telling you, a unibody Jeep, solid rubber mount will be more than enough, and it will give you so much more. It just, it's surprising the control you get back from a good mount. I've heard that, especially with like. with leaf spring mounts, or not even mount, like a like a shackle mount, I've heard that before too. Where if you use a poly mount, it'll cause more stress on your unibody if it's not stiffened because of flexing between the leaf springs. I've heard that with uh, control arms, going from like a solid mount with a heim going to a poly mount or using a rubber bushing. I mean, I've I've heard all the arguments, but just in, based off of what you were saying, the point of the poly mount is exactly what you're arguing about a rubber mount it is it's last longer than a rubber mount and it's it gives that little bit of give compared to like going to a solid mount like a heim or going to it's gonna be like having your motor welded to the fucking frame rails but no it's not we'll see we'll see i promise i'll do it i'll do it i have no problem i'm telling you let him try and yep, if not, yep. let him try. He'll crash it, and burn. It, it's a risk. If, it's if turning you, into a risk. You're not allowed to complain about it. If you get poly mounts, I don't want to hear a word. I don't, don't want to hear about anything. Shit. The thing, the, <laughs> I'll rip them. I'll rip them off the motor before anything because I'm not getting those brown dog, massive fucking motor plates that you guys want me to get for a million dollars. All right. So well, then your motor mounts are just gonna shear off. Just correct, ask Colin. That's why I'm fine with getting the $10 motor mount and keep replacing them. That it, t- it takes, what, all of maybe 25 minutes per side to do the rubber ones, and a transmission mount is $25. On my axle, so. it's fucking annoying. Or on my Jeep, it's fucking annoying because my axle is in the way. So in order to do it, I have to bust out the ratchet and like actually pay attention to what I'm doing to get to the motor mounts. Because even with swivel sockets, it's eh. Why wouldn't you just get it from the top? They're literally right there. What about the bottom bolt? I mean, that's simple enough. It's one bolt. I know, but still, they're fucking annoying. I mean, and yeah, I, I can't get right the gun in my, there. My upper control arm would be in the way, also my drive sh- drive shaft. So I guess my issue right is the whole sense, fucking like, axle is in the way. Well, my upper link's not on that side, so I'm a liar. But I guess on the other side. But I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, your axle is definitely a lot bigger. I don't really have to work. Well. Not even, because isn't your motor... or your, Well, no, I guess you're right, because your axle like is in line with like the front of your oil pan. So, I guess you're not wrong. Yeah, I moved the axle forward, and just due to the location of where it ended up, it sits right in line with the motor mounts. 
I feel like we covered quite a bit though today. You guys want to yeah. kind of wrap it up? Yeah. 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 I think we'll we'll leave it at a uh, poly versus rubber. Uh, rubber is superior. I'll just say that before we close out. Well, let's, sure. let's let's see what our listeners say. Let's yeah. try to get some That's actual feedback. Yeah. Rubber and or again, poly. If you made it this far, then clearly you have enjoyed the podcast. Please, 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 please do not forget to review and write a uh, well. Rate and review. We appreciate every single one of them, and thank you for listening. I, yep. I did see we had a five star review on a uh, Apple Podcast. We had like three five stars. Let's go! Yeah, nice. Keep it, keep it cool. rolling. Appreciate Pretending that. to do well. Yeah. All right. Have a good night, <laughs> on, guys. On that note, uh, nope. I'm doing the ending. On that okay. note, <laughs> take out those poly bushes, throw in those rubbers. We'll see you Fuck next time. Those things. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs>